This is episode 44 of G.I. Joeberg. My name is Steve, and as always, I'm joined by... Paul! <laughs> and Robert. Robert, who is this Paul fella? <laughs> it's Cobra, Paul's... I mean Paul Commander, I mean... Uh, uh, oh, it's gonna be one of those episodes, is it? Oh yeah. Well, yes, it is gonna be one of those episodes! This episode is somewhat of an indulgent episode, uh, even more so than most, <laughs> because in this episode, we're talking top five G.I. Joe toys with ever. Three crutch. <laughs> three crutch. No, top five G.I. Joe toys ever. So out of the length and breadth that is this G.I. Joe toy line, what do we consider to be our five favorites? We could be talking vintage, modern era, direct-to-consumer, new sculpt era, sideshow, creo, 12-inch. It's such a vast topic and, to be honest, a bit of a headache, actually. But the cool and unique thing that this topic provides an opportunity for is for us to talk about things that are rooted in, in nostalgia specifically to us. So... <laughs> In this episode, you can expect zero objectivity. You can expect some very interesting skewed third world views. <laughs> and you might get that joke a little bit later. And you can expect very personal stories spanning our lifetime, our collecting. So yes, when I say this is an indulgent episode, you better believe it. But I've been wanting to kind of get into this stuff for some time. I mean, in all the years that we've been podcasting, and it's been about three, I have kind of wanted to delve into the stories that G.I. Joe have played out in my childhood, my adolescence, into my adult years, and I've never gotten a platform for it. It's like I never got a chance to talk about exactly how I used to play with G.I. Joe. And I'm pretty sure it's analogous to a lot of people's stories, but at the same time, everyone's got their unique spin. And uh, that's what we're going to get into tonight. What we hopefully won't be talking about is DTC and modern sculpt. <laughs> or new sculpt era, sorry. Just well, to throw that. <laughs> <laughs> we, might, we might have some interesting picks, but I'm going to hazard a guess that we typically will all find our top fives within the years 1982 and, I don't know, 1989. That's just my my conjecture at this point. But what's going to make tonight's topic slightly more interesting is that I don't know what Paul picked. Paul doesn't know what Rob picked. Rob doesn't know what Stephen picked. Stephen doesn't know what Rob picked. Rob doesn't know what Paul picked. So, we're going to play a little guessing game. Burrito. I lobbied very hard to uh, try and have some kind of stakes for the guessing game. Like if I managed to get the record number of correct guesses about my other two companions that I would, I don't know, play for pink slips, take ownership of one of their toys. But uh, Or perhaps so- take back ownership of one of your toys. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. I seem to be losing more often than not at these wages but uh you know someone pulled soft on that uh, i did <laughs> who's gonna go unnamed but yes paul's a pussy <laughs> hey you know what i get to keep my toys how's that lady J, by the way rob <laughs> she's i haven't got any yet because i haven't seen steve but um 
Yeah, you think Rob's going to crawl out from under his rock to get his winnings. Damn. (laughs) But I believe we we decided – did we decide that on air who the figure was? I think we mentioned that off air. Mm, Okay. Well, yes. Uh, My my penance for being wrong about the fucking giant cobra's arms not being lopped off in (laughs) Palace of Doom part Three of Revenge of Cobra? Yes, correct. You see, I'm, I'm right when I don't need to be right, and I'm wrong when I do. Um, anyway, so because I got that wrong in episode 40, no, 41, 41, uh, <laughs> Rob has taken ownership, if not possession, of my 1985 Lady J. And listeners, dear listeners, please note that it's it's actually kind of it's a victory that needs to be savored because, you know, it's, Steve is is he's being very modest right now, but Steve is very seldom wrong, and mm. I'm not being I'm not being a douche, here, dude. He really is seldom wrong. He knows he's Joe in and out, um, and he knows GI Joe in and out, and uh, yeah. So when you manage to get one up on Steve uh, with anything GI Joe related, kudos you gotta to hold you. that over him for years. Yeah, you've you can't let him you can't back down. I'll never forget. Mm, we love you, man. Yeah. I, don't well, ever go to a joke. Well, the might be turned. Exactly. Might be turned in this episode. We'll see. Leading up to this episode, we called for responses from our fans. And I'm very pleased to announce that we got quite uh, impressive responses. I guess this is a topic that people do love to talk about. True to form... I said I'd uh, mention you guys on air, give you a shout-out, and here we go. This marks a bit of a first for G.I. Joburg. We have a buddy on Twitter called Kujo, who in fact has a very cool podcast of his own called 30 Minutes of Diabolical. He manages to keep his episodes to 30 minutes, which is an impressive feat, to say the least. So mad props on keeping that kind of discipline it's a damn good show and he's got a new fan in me uh you can find these episodes the easiest way to do so would be on squidnova.com that's squid like the invertebrate and nova like the second tier marvel character (laughs) um (laughs) dot com or iTunes, I mean, 30 Minutes of Diabolical, you'll find them, you'll find them. But it's cool stuff, and varied topics, and really enjoy what this gentleman does. We may even post a link to it on our Facebook page. No, don't get ahead of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, you know, that space don't come cheap. <laughs> In any case, Cujo went with three Cobra items... The first being the Rattler saying that he thinks that the A-10 just looks boss. And I suppose a Rattler is like an A-10 with an extra engine and a, Cobra. a turret gun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, he, and he said on Facebook that he really liked the fact that you had the battle damage plates that you could uh, swap out. That is and a that's great something I that. like about that vehicle as well. Mm. So you can kind of like rip it up and it looks ripped up. Kujo also mentioned that uh, he really enjoyed Wild Weasel and and thought that they could have developed a rivalry between Wild Weasel and Wild Bill. Um, I always thought Wild Weasel's opposite number was Ace, but 
uh, Wild Bill even more interesting. Like Ace kind of loses out in the character stakes a little bit to Wild Bill, yeah. I'd say, which is a, a failing, I guess, of, of, of just not being able to give Ace enough airtime. Uh, because he could be a compelling character, he just was always just the jet jockey, and Wild Bill was the kind of go-to pilot character. But in any, in any case, um, it's an interesting thought to have more of a rivalry being developed between these two characters. And uh, yeah, man, it'd be nice if, if one day a publisher runs with that. His other pick, The Cobra Night Landing, oh, wow. uh, which is fantastic. Um, such a subtle set. But uh, his reasoning is very sound. He says that you just knew that it was meant to be played in a kind of a, a stealth operations setting. Mm. And, mm. and that's pretty evocative stuff. It's nice to know that something so simple can, can give rise to such a, a cool pattern of play. You know, coming in under cover of darkness, very rudimentary craft to do, I don't know, to do some dirty work. Oh, I'm a big fan of it myself. Exactly, linking it to Firefly or the Eels always kind of gave it uh, gave it a little something else as well. Mm. His last pick, um, I mean, he did only give us three, but it's completely forgivable because, as I said, this is a one hell of a topic to try and uh, narrow down. But the third vehicle that he mentioned was the Thunder Machine, saying that he's not necessarily a fan of the Dreadnoughts. But twin Gatling guns mounted on the bonnets of the sort of apocalyptic mashup of, of vehicle parts just forgives a great many sins. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's driven by a guy with a midriff. Uh, yeah. I, I assume that's what you mean by that, Cujo. Feel free to correct me. Um, but yes, like, as I say, the, the coolness of the vehicle itself, its construction, its build must uh, forgive a great many sins. It's also pretty uh, awesome that uh, guys have actually gone out and, and done like one-to-one scale Thunder Machines. Uh, I know it. Yeah, at the, I think it's the most recent Coil Con in New Jersey. I could be wrong with the the name of the con and the setting, but yeah, they had in the in the Cobra Parade they had some guys dressed up as Dreadnoughts, and they had a Thunder Machine that they had made, and it works. They were driving a Thunder Machine around. Obviously, the Gatling guns don't work, but they did a damn good job. <laughs> picture or it didn't happen. Come on, buddy. Put that I will Facebook find you page. that picture. Yeah. I, I actually have shared it before, but it didn't appear. It didn't share on my Facebook. I'll get that. I'm going to get that for us now. Another fan of ours, Brad Withers. Uh, very good to have you with us. <laughs> that was terrible. Um, he gave us his top five as well, and this is this might come as a surprise to you, gentlemen, or, or be interesting. Uh, I'd certainly like to pick his brain at, at some stage and find out what stories he has linked to these things. Because at number five, he's got the triple T tank with Sergeant Slaughter. Mm. Mm. Interesting. I mean, very interesting. Probably a childhood favorite because, I mean, it's it's a bizarre tank, but uh, really traded quite nicely on on the selling power of the Sarge. At number four, he has the Cobra Maggot. Also, a vehicle that we haven't given much focus to because none of us own it, and it never really kind of played much of a role for any of us growing up, but it's definitely got something as well, and one of the finest Cobra drivers. Not so, gentlemen. The maggot, I keep getting it confused. I keep wanting to call the driver the nullifier, but it's the worms, hey? Correct. Worms. Yeah. I love it. It's such a goofy-looking toy, but I, I, I have suspected if I had if I'd seen it all, if I see it in hand, 
I think it'll come across as pretty well designed. Buddy, what are you comparing it to? The His Tank driver? The His 2 driver? I mean, let's, let's just accept the fact that Cobra's mechanized armor soldiers, drivers, operators, are some pretty wacky and, to be brutally honest, kind of awful designs. I, so, I disagree, but... Really? Yeah, you like Track yeah. Viper? I like Track Viper, actually. All right. <laughs> you like the Cobra His Tank driver? Um, the His driver is not terrible. I think he's a he's a fairly decent design. Um, a bit of a fish out of water, but anyway, he kind of had, yeah. fulfills a kind of Flash Gordon uh, baddie uh, role, if that's the direction you like to take your Cobra organization. But the what worms about Sector Viper? Like... Yeah, but he's I think awesome. Steve's looking more not at like armored... sort of unnamed. Yeah. He's not a tank driver. He's like an aquanaut. <laughs> He's a submarine oh. operator. It drives on the bottom of the ocean? Look, if if it was up to me, Worms would be the guys manning all of Cobra's landward armored forces. Wow. But who's got who's got that many worms, especially not with the antenna? I mean, uh-huh. come on. Did you gotta make him with an antenna, Hasbro? Come on. <laughs> That's actually pretty well done. But he's like got that. a removable helmet. I mean, like, you know, 87's Cobra drivers were on a roll, if you ask me. I see where you're going. I'm going to stand by. I like them. I think they're cool. But that's just me. You know, I tend to lean towards Cobra. I like the whole helmeted thing, and that's just me. <laughs> Yeah, knee-high black boots with ribs. That that does it for me, too. Anyway, we're talking about Brad Withers' uh, top five, and we left off at, at number four with the Cobra Maggots. At number three, he's got the 1983 G.I. Joe HQ. Very worthy playset, that. It suggests a lot of play, which is what's nice about it. I don't have one, um, and I often, see them, I often see them on eBay. There's, some, there's a piece I want a little bit more than one of those right now, but I've want I do want one of those. I think they they're very cool. I love playsets. Mm. So. And this is a good one. It looks good. It interacts well with a range of vehicles produced up until that point, and even vehicles beyond that point still interact with it a lot better than say the 1992 GI Joe headquarters. Whatever that tower, that thing that folds with up. the graffiti. Yeah, ugly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, no, that's Fort America, but whatever. Like, yeah, mm, horrible. It's still crap. <laughs> at number two, Mr. Withers has uh, the Terradrome pipping the G.I. Joe HQ at the post. It's anybody's guess uh, wh- where he was going with that as well. I, I imagine the Firebat feature and the fact it that it's a Cobra the base. free vehicle. I mean, that's awesome. And it's got that sexy Cobra sigil, like, sliced up into pie pieces that, you know, retract. That opening dome thing is so awesome. So There's nice. a lot of cool wrapped up in the Terradrome. Oh, yeah. Mm. And at number one, aligned with Cujo in that uh, they both listed the Thunder Machine. And that's Brad's favorite. But he did say <laughs> his list will probably change tomorrow. So, you know, just like the rest of us. Uh, so say we all. <laughs> we're all a bit conflicted about <laughs> What takes the top spot? But yes, the Thunder Machine, a very worthy vehicle. And one of the the chosen few that have rubber tires. And that, for me, just is what sets 
a G.I. Joe wheeled vehicle apart. Rubber tires, you know you've got a special presentation there. I don't know, man. I, I just, I hate clicky-clacky plastic tires on bricks or concrete. Yeah, it's, it's a horrible tactile feeling. It's, Ugh, it doesn't sound yeah. right. You scratch them up. It's rubber, man. Rubber. Traction. Oh, mm. good stuff. We have a very vocal friend on Twitter, goes by the name of David Cabal, and he listed the transportable tactical battle platform at number five, the mobile command center at number four, which he says are just awesome, awesome toys to load up with Joes. I'd have to agree with you, sir. Uh, I, I own both of those two, and they're, <laughs> they're a hell of a lot of fun. I would put the mobile command center, as you did, above the transportable tactical battle flat platform in my ranking, just because for a transportable tactical battle platform, wow, so that 10 times fast, I don't ever see the transportable aspect uh, working out for me. I mean, it the box art has a little insert showing four dragonflies hoisting this thing through the skies and taking it somewhere, but... Have you tried positioning four dragonflies around this thing? It just Who owns four dragonflies? <clears throat> <laughs> no, I've got three. But, you know, <laughs> three dragonflies and a tomahawk, and uh, that, that should be much of a muchness. And also, like, this is a toy that my views on it would be different if I'd owned it as a child, because I just I can't find a use for it now. It would have been the coolest outpost as a as a child to sort of stave off an enemy attack. I mean, it's got twin Gatling guns. It's got a, a missile launcher. It's got a control tower. It's got a landing pad. But for me now, I'm like, it's just too small to be of use in any capacity. It would work, and this is something that occurred to me, and this is one of the reasons why I bought it, um, for a makeshift airstrip. You plonk that thing alongside your airstrip, and you've got essentially um, air traffic control, a mobile, you know, prefabricated, easy to set up air traffic control, or ATC, wherever you go. So that's mm-hmm. one thing. But um, I've yet to use mine, and it's really bugging me. Anyway, back to David Cabal's uh, list. Number three, he's got 1986 Dial Tone. Number two, 1987's Tunnel Rat, and at Number one, 1987's Falcon. The reason being, for the specific selection, he says that the Cobra Island Civil War recon team was just the baddest. So having sort of, I I imagine, the best designed figures from that recon team was uh, just, as far as figures go, that is is G.I. Joe to him. And I agree. I reread that arc not too long ago. Absolutely loved it. Just the the build-up. I mean, the recon team on the Cobra Island Civil War is the strongest element of that that arc, I'd say. And there's a lot going on. But their kind of uh, evade and escape and, and lie low and, and be the sort of G.I. Joe's ace in the hole, that was, for me, the coolest aspect. And a cool team, a cool sort of subset to have. The three that didn't make the list are uh, Sneak Peek, gung-ho and spirit equally cool figures but perhaps not as strong in the design uh, element as Dalton, tunnel rat and falcon so david cabal big ups man that's a great list finally 
we have Mr. Scott Westerman, who uh, <laughs> actually gave us quite an overwhelming list. And <laughs> once again, buddy, I mean, I can completely uh, understand and sympathize because it is an overwhelming topic to tackle. But in terms of vehicles, his top five are in order from five to one. The 1982 Vamp, the Tomahawk, the Dragonfly, and the top two are the Cobra Moray and the Whale. So, the Dragonfly beats the Tomahawk, and the Whale beats the Moray. I get that. He does like his boats, though, because, you know, the Moray beats out the two choppers. The Vamp's a no-brainer. I mean, it's a tough, very iconic, uh, very unique, and very G.I. Joe vehicle. It's a standby, Mm -hmm. and, like... You don't need to tell me a damn thing. I know that you must have had great fun with that as a child, Mr. Westerman. I had great fun with it as a big child. (laughs) I mean, the closest I came to it was a Tiger Sting, and that was my go-to Jeep for a long, long time. Hmm. Until I got a He mentions his his runner-ups were the Sky Striker and the 83 HQ. Oh, he had plenty of runner-ups indeed. Uh, Oh, yeah, some figures. In in terms (laughs) of figures... Uh, Scotty's got a got a list. I mean, it, it basically it seems like anything 82 to 85. But his top picks apparently are 1982 Flash, his first figure, Airborne, 1985 Snake Eyes, Snowjob, Spirit, Storm Shadow, Firefly, uh, and Snow Serpent. All spectacular figures. Oh, Torpedo. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So it's got a lot of vintage love there, but interestingly enough, and and it must be mentioned because it is the only um, entrant onto the lists of its nature, he says that to be 100% subjective and nostalgic, he'd pick the 1970s Seawolf submarine with giant squid. So 12-inch <laughs> vintage Joe finally makes an appearance. Thank you, Scott. Wow, go Scott. Some other mentions, just uh, quick. With our whole uh, review of the Revenge of Cobra, one of our listeners, uh, Sean Durden, I I hope I'm pronouncing your surname correctly, so if I haven't, I'm sorry, bud. He actually found a very cool uh, little mysterious tidbit in the episode, and it's actually Duke. There's a frame of Duke's animation where he has uh, a a goatee mustache and some black-rimmed glasses. Uh, We've dubbed him (laughs) Senior Duke. (laughs) Uh, Duke. I just have to say, Sean Dearden, you have Eyes of the Hawk, man, because I didn't even spot that, and I watched these. I watched that show with with Eagle Vision sometimes, and uh, nice that was very Easter cool. Egg, that. Yeah, it was cool of him to to uh, to forward it to us. Uh, it's always cool when we have uh, listeners participate. And then a final mention, uh, and this is gonna this is gonna make an appearance this episode, is Sean Myberg. Sean Myberg is the guy that I bought quite a sizable vintage collection from. It managed to fill many a gap in my G.I. Joe collection. And, wow, it was one of the coolest finds ever for me. You know, Steve has had the Tomahawk and uh, cheap tactical battle platforms and other such cool G.I. Joe is finds. Is that its name? <laughs> the, new, the new dub. It's the cheap tactical battle platform. Well, it is because you got it for a really good price and you got it complete. So it's quite a decent score. You know, Rob's got things like the whale and some other cool characters. And I mean, I have I have a fairly Sky cool... Striker. Yeah. Yeah, that's mine. And I I mean, I've had 
um, my fair share of luck, you know, with the Mamba and the Phantom in the past, but this was probably one of the most outrageously amazing Joe Halls of my life um, because I got my unicorn. But I'll get into that later. What yeah, my uni- the hell my- are you talking about? Your unicorn. Nah. My unicorn, my 1985 <laughs> Snake Eyes. You that is- keep that unicorn away from me, man. <laughs> I got a 1985 Snake Eyes, which I'm super happy about because that is a toy that I have been looking for for a long, long time and only discovered that it existed from the Sunbow cartoon uh, briefly. Yeah, it's a great toy. We might talk about that later, maybe. Uh, is that a red herring by any chance? <laughs> it could be. <laughs> that's my style. That is okay, my style. last chance, Paul. Do you want to race for pink slips or not? No freaking way. I'm going to lose too many cool Joes. I know it. I'm, you guys know me. You guys know me well. You know my loves. I'm I'm going to lose this one. I have an idea of what you guys are into. Uh, I'm not going to lie. My biggest challenge this episode is not so much Steve, but Rob's choices. Even though Steve's are difficult. Steve does uh, also tend to flip-flop sometimes. So, But no flip-flopping from this point onwards. Your choices course. are locked in. This yeah. is on the honor system. I've written them down as proof. I wrote them down before the show. So if you guys need to, I can actually um, make a show it. Yes, I can make a screenshot. I can take a photo of it. I'm going to do it right now. No, so no look, this. okay, Paul, I'll, I'll, I'll take your word for it. Rob, I'm not so sure about, but uh, whatever. Um, let's, there we go. <laughs> let's fine, do this. Fine, fuck, okay. As you listeners are our witness... Here come our various screenshots. Wait, we can't do that because then we see. Ah. No, he can take the screenshot and then he can show us the timestamp afterwards. All right, okay. See, he takes it at whatever time it is right now, and then he's yeah. That's why he's the professor, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) All right, I have decided that Robert Lee's. Five all-time favorite G.I. Joe toys, in no particular order, are the modern era sci-fi, the killer whale, Zartan, produced by Sideshow, Scoop, version 1, 1989, and lastly, Snake Eyes, version 3, 1989. For Paul, I have decided... That his top five, once again, no particular order, are the Bug, the Condor, the Warthog, the Phantom X-19, and 1985 Snake Eyes. I hear some furious writing down. <laughs> yeah, I'm just making sure. I'm just putting some things down. Um, okay. Just, Robert... just quickly changing, uh, changing. <laughs> no, I'm, what I'm doing is every time I feel if if one of you guys guess something, then I'm just putting your initial next to the one that you might have guessed if you guessed ah. it. Ah, ah, systematic hey. sneaky Waikiki between the cheekies. Okay, wise guy, what's your uh, guesses? Ooh, okay. Hold on, I've just got to I've got to channel my inner crystal ball. 
That's right. <laughs> Cobra Mystic, come to me. Yes, and the accountant. Don't be channeling any of your balls on this show. I'm not touching my nuts. Don't worry, it's okay. Okay, for Steve, in no particular order, the dragonfly, the whale, I don't know the year, but you know which one I'm talking about, Falcon, with all of these fancy paint apps. Oh my word. Sky Striker, yeah, and it's the Tomahawk. Mm. And what about for Rob? And for Rob, he's nuts. No, I'm kidding. For Rob, I'm going to say Chuckles. I'm also going to say Sideshow Zartan. I'm also going to go with Scoop because I know that he likes that toy. Your newly acquired Avalanche. That being the 1990 Snow Tank. Yes. Yeah, not the figure. Mm. Not oh, fuck the figure, not Poostain. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the last one for good old Rob. Actually, I'm also going to say the whale because you actually have one. I do and have that's, one. That's yes, yes, you do. Rub it in my face. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I will. Uh, that would be my five for Rob. Over to you, Rob. What are your well, guesses are for guesses. Paul and I? Mm. These are my guesses. Well, yeah, I, this is yeah. Once again, very very Not tough. Cracking. Sorry. It's yeah. I was like, oh god. Okay, cool. So for Paul, I guessed the version two Snake Eyes, and the Phantom X-19, as well as the bug. And I couldn't, or I couldn't remember if he had this or not, but I was pretty sure he did, but the Hot Toys Snake Eyes. And I then the final one. Yes, okay, good, 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 good. And then the other one was the MCC, the Mobile Command Center. I mean, you may not have it yet, but you've, you've been raving about one in this thing. So. <laughs> raving. Raving. <laughs> Okay, give me me a best shot, Rob. Give me a best shot. Okay, cool. So my guess is for Steven. Feet for the leg. (laughs) Don't go over the face. It's the (laughs) moneymaker. Okay, so my guesses were the Sky Striker, the Tomahawk, Version 1 Snake Eyes, Version 1 Zartan, (laughs) and my final one is Stalker Version 2. Those were the ones I went with. Ooh, tricky dicky. Yeah. I also, I also contemplated uh, version one Zartan. Yeah. It's like that game where you're, like, you're guessing the colors in that little board, and you're like, Mastermind. You, got, you got two right. Can Ooh, I, we have to keep guessing. <laughs> can, can I throw a spanner in the works quickly just for Rob and for Steve? How's about this? Let's... Let's just because I'm a bit worried about one, and you know, you know, let's be fair here. Let's go with things that we all know each other owns. Okay, so I think uh, I, I know my list comprises of stuff I know that you two own in some capacity. Uh, but I'm gonna give Robert a, a gimme on on one of the the items there, and and let him mm-hmm. try one more. Yeah, he gets to get one more guess on on my stuff. One more guess. <laughs> You're going to get no such a concession from me, I'm afraid, gentlemen. But really? Yes, uh, I, I think I know what what Paul means. He's saying... Um, so you, in the MCC, he, he respects yeah. himself to own stuff. But exactly. I was like, yeah. must want it so much. Okay, well, I'll, I'll throw in 
the condor. I also say condor. Because I remember you went on about that a lot. Okay. Cool. Okay. That's me. <laughs> All right. Well, let's crack this sucker open with our okay. opening round. The fifth on each of our lists. For me, it was the warthog. Ooh. Ooh, I had that in my head too. I should have said that, damn it. <sighs> Neither of you got it. Ah, so there's no perfect five for one of us for Steven. Fuck. And you know, I should have known that because the first time I met Steve, he brought a warthog. Well, uh, second time I met Steve, he brought a warthog with. So. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I didn't I didn't show up at the shop that you were working at with a box full of G.I. Joe toys. You had to first lull me into a, a conversation about G.I. Joe before I, I don't know, really started to fr- fly my freak flag by bringing <laughs> toys into a shopping center. <laughs> That's right, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, <laughs> I'd like to tell the story of my childhood warthog, if I may, if I may indulge myself. Uh... It happened in about December, early December of 1992. It was the school holidays. It was my second year of school. I was seven years old. Uh, I guess it was just my parents being awesome parents. And (laughs) we were in a shopping sort of factory shop area in Cape Town called Access Park. And there was this most incredible toy shop there. I think they specialized primarily in remote control toys and scalectrics and uh, model train sets. But they had an amazing catalog of other toys. It just – something about it uh, just made it seem magical. There was stuff hanging from the ceiling. There was displayed toys in dioramas. I mean it was a, an cool, ultimate man. kind of toy shop. And I'm probably um, increasing – it's uh, it's appeal in my own nostalgia, but to a seven-year-old Stephen, this place was mecca. It had a selection of GI Joe vehicles second to none at that period of GI Joe's toy run, and so the Warthog was my chosen quarry. I passed up a His Two, I passed up a Sky Raven to own that beautiful green. Armored personnel carrier, amphibious personnel carrier. I mean, it worked well in the pool. Come on, not that we had a pool back then. But anyway, it's a very personal pick. I remember the way I used to play with GI Joe with my friends at the time was we'd each pick a primary vehicle and then select our troops to populate it, and then we'd kind of wage war. It was me and the two guys that lived across the road. They were brothers. They got, between them, I don't remember who got what, but they got the bug and the hammerhead, and I invariably took the warthog. Because something about it just said, this is an armored vehicle as armored vehicles should be. You don't cover them with glass. You make it look like a big green tank, preferably with teeth (laughs) uh, designed on the front of it, which the warthog did so nicely. I remembered very distinctly, much later in our my sort of G.I. Joe play pattern, playing with it with two other friends. But this time, we each had one member of our personal team that we picked 
uh, manning a station in the the driver's station or the gunner's station or the um, sort of, I suppose, communications officer station. And we each had two figures in the back. It's the perfect vehicle for multiples of three. It's It's got three crewmen and six troops. So nine, I mean, it's just, it's sublimely well thought out or it's just a happy coincidence, but it, it works well uh, for a, a trio of friends all adventuring in their warthog together. One final thing I have to add about the warthog, mine was broken straight out the box. The oh, missile shit. stem had one broken tab. So she she forever had only one of those garish orange missiles. And so eventually I just hair dried it and popped the the stem right out and it uh it improves the vehicle tremendously. Gives it a lower profile and uh makes it look a lot more realistic. The uh, if I can add to your memory there. <clears throat> Please do. Because I've I've got a, a Warthog memory with you as well. Um, the second time Stephen uh, popped over through to the store, as mentioned earlier, uh, he brought over a, a few vehicles, and of those vehicles were the was the Warthog and the Phantom X-19. And the Warthog was without that missile stem, and to me that was like that that was kind of bizarre. Um, and then he sort of you know went into to showing it uh, off that way and. That was the first time I had ever like sort of encountered anybody who didn't like that missile stem or felt that it was superfluous, and uh, it was also laden with uh, modern era Joes. And I, I think the one the one that I remember the the most distinctly is actually the Stalker, the 25th anniversary Stalker, uh, the the first one that they did, and uh, it was actually pretty cool. Uh, that was my first sort of real contact with the 25th anniversary figure. And, uh, yeah, so I also have a, a, a memory of Steven's Warthog, <laughs> which is pretty now, cool. Now, now, not on air, Paul, <laughs> but yes, a feet. superbly designed vehicle that, uh, I mean, it's been said about the Warthog so many times, uh, and if you are familiar with this toy, you know exactly where I'm coming from, but it it blends seamlessly into a bygone era of G.I. Joe vehicles at that point. I mean, when you had... Things like the Swamp Masher emerging. To have something that looked as mean and green as the Warthog, it was a throwback to a simpler time, and it's to this day, it just is one of the best pieces uh, ever. <laughs> For me, mm. probably aided by nostalgia, but like, even objectively, as a toy design, the Warthog flat out rocks. So yank out that missile stem. And find a new appreciation for your hog, boys and girls. Or girl. <laughs> the first of my list uh, that you guys both got right. Uh, oh, come on, man. Give us your, your, your least favorite of your most favorites. <laughs> keep, oh, keep, with the, keep with the format, Paul. You've got to rank these things. Don't Holy, cheat yourself. I Don't didn't want to rank them. That's why I didn't want to rank exactly. them. But if so I'm being a pussy again. Jesus. <sighs> oh, Come on, rank them, boy. Okay, well, you guys didn't get my least favorite of my five, unfortunately. Mm. Well, let's have it then. It's the 25th anniversary Anti-Viper. Would you believe it? When I was doing this list, I was going mulling it over and over and over in my head, which is the toy that I was the most excited about getting, which is the sort of toy that kicked my ass into gear with the modern era stuff. 
And although I had previously got uh, got my hands on a Blue Baroness, the sort of modern era 85 Snake Eyes, and I got a Storm Shadow, incidentally my first eBay purchase, and I got the, the Blue Baroness. And these were these were great toys, and I sort of got them around the same time as the movie came up. But uh, I was a little bit disappointed because my first sort of smattering of G.I. Joe since uh, my childhood was the movie toys and the movie toys just seemed very cool in some ways but also lacking something so i was like oh something's wrong here with my gi joe hobby you know maybe maybe i don't have to buy more and then anyway i got these toys and then i found this guy on he had an online store here in south africa it was called uh jojo sa jojo sa and his name was david hopperstadt oh it's his name still is david hopperstadt i just haven't heard from him in a bit anyway he had a whole bunch of stuff and of those figures, yeah, he had Zartan, which I snapped up, and he had the film, the movie version of Baroness, which I snapped up, and then they arrived, and then I, I sort of understood, wow, 25th anniversary stuff's actually really amazing. This was sort of around the time when I met Steve as well, so I had a much better understanding of how cool these toys actually were, and then, and then it hit me. The assault on Cobra Island and the fence of Cobra Island box sets. I saw the fence of Cobra island box set and i saw every freaking figurine in there that just that that i wanted as a kid okay i saw ali viper and that was it <laughs> okay i was just ali viper before and there's a nice south african uh adjective for you wow i had to have him he's orange and blue and i got this bad boy and it was quite an event because this these toys arrived uh, at my post office and i actually walked <laughs> to the post office and went and fetched them and came back and I opened them and I was like, oh my god, this thing's so amazing. He's got removable knives and he's got this cool shield and you can put the baton in the shield and he's got the uh, backpack and wow, this grappling hook's really annoying. And yeah, that cemented my, my newfound love for modern era G.I. Joes and the Alley Viper again. Because I was worried that the Alley Viper wasn't looking so cool anymore and, you know, I was just a bit jaded. And I now own like, what, seven Alley Vipers? <laughs> He's my least favorite on my top five list, and I had to mention him because he's special. Okay. That's oh, beautiful. yeah. Robert Lee. Yes. Okay, so Lee. my least favorite favorite toy at this moment in time that is a, is a Joe-related thing. And the first the first one that to have gotten right out of all of this was a, was a Paul Guess. Yay. That is my 1990 Avalanche. Hoo-yah! <laughs> Boom. Boom. One in Paul's corner. (laughs) This is the most recent vehicle that I've been gifted. And it is freaking awesome. I think I I went crazy about it in an episode of of the podcast for some weird reason. I can't even remember, like, why it suddenly started to appeal to me. I think at some point, like, when I'm looking at the the vehicles on Yojo, like, I I usually try not to go beyond, like, 1989 because the vehicles start to just become ridiculous. But somehow this vehicle just kind of stood out. Hmm. Maybe because... It's a gem from from a later part of the the run that one would otherwise overlook. But if you're talking, like, G.I. Joe Arctic workhorses, like, the Avalanche, yeah, man. It's definitely got an allure. It's a it's a sizable, meaty tank. Yeah, and it adds something. It adds a lot to the Arctic 
like sort of vehicle pool fills the slot. And also I think maybe it reminds me a lot of that even later modern sort of middle era, <laughs> forgettable era um, vehicle. Oh, what's it called again? The Rhino. The nice. Rhino. Because the Rhino was like, when, when we got the Rhino and the Rock, that was a very cool period of, of, of play with our toys again. It kind of, for me, it felt like it reinvigorated my interest. And um, it reminded me a lot of that. But it was properly vintage. It wasn't kind of like middle-era craziness. So, hang on. Have you also become jaded against the ROCC and the Rhino? No, no, I haven't. I still I absolutely love the Rhino. I just, I just, I just think I like the Avalanche more. Ah. It doesn't, it doesn't come like I don't have to take things off it to make it fun. With the Rhino, you kind of like I don't like the fact that it has all those yellow missile launching things that you can pop all over the vehicle. Touché. I definitely still love the Rhino a lot, but this thing is complete in itself. You don't have to take it apart to kind of go. Now I like it. Yeah, so that's my number five, the Avalanche. The Avalanche. Avalanche. <laughs> my number four. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna think it's some kind of desperate ploy to to keep her in my possession, but uh, this has been a long time coming. 1985, Lady J. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> if that's got you scratching your heads, the Warthog speaks for itself. It's a fantastic toy. I don't think anyone would list Lady J as one of their favorite figures unless there were some interesting circumstances under which that toy came into their collection. Well, right off the bat, she was the first female G.I. Joe action figure I had ever gotten. So all of a sudden, this new dynamic emerged. It's like she's a competent soldier, but she's a woman. And that intrigued me a lot. That really set up a new dimension in terms of play. And I'm not talking about anything untoward, but all of a sudden, that avenue, that sort of social dynamic emerged. Whereas the G.I. Joe team up until that point were a bunch of guys in green just going on adventures and kicking Cobra's ass all around the world. Now you've got a woman in the mix. And I know this is going to sound sexist, but the social game started playing a role. And that is a reason for Lady J to be up there. Another reason for Lady J to be up there she was the first figure I ever bought on eBay. Mm. Way back in 1999, I was all of 14 years old, and I wanted Lady J. I wanted a female action figure. This was something I was pining for, perhaps because I was a teenager. And also, it was a niche that I'd never filled before. So, Mr. Toys Plus of Cincinnati, I think I got her for a whole $5 or something. Um mm. She was in great condition, came with all her accessories. Toys Plus of Cincinnati no longer has an active eBay account. I don't know what that gentleman has done with himself. I hope he's still around. Um, but he got my foot in the door as far as eBay is concerned. <laughs> and it's been my port of call ever since. So Lady J arrived on the scene for me in a period where G.I. Joe stopped fighting Cobra, per se. That's an interesting transitional period for me, because I guess as I was a teenager and I'd kind of elected to 
keep on playing with toys and make it more secretive, uh, <laughs> hide this fact from the world, I've in order to kind it. of in order to kind of grow my time with my toys up a little bit, I didn't want GI Joe fighting colorful vipers. I wanted them to fight terrorists. I wanted them to fight more nondescript soldier-esque baddies. So what did I turn to? The core. Core. Of course. And so Lady J kind of led a squad of Joes in battle against Carlos Duarte, the Scorpion, with a K. (laughs) (laughs) And his cabal of drug peddling... Oh, man. It's it's terribly... uh, Racist, I suppose, uh, but they were all from some or other South American nation, and G.I. Joe was tasked with bringing them to justice. And that was the play pattern that emerged, and Lady J was very much at the forefront. I did away with her classic accessories quite quickly, the spear launcher and the camera. I mean, the camera, take it or leave it, it's a camera. The spear launcher, definitely leave it. It's, I don't know what it is. It's so I hooked her up with Lifeline's massive uh, silver pistol because, of course, he wasn't using it. I mean, why? He's a medic. And the core did a very nicely scaled and detailed Uzi submachine gun with an extended barrel. I had a gray one of those, and I lost it, sadly. But uh, up until I lost it, it was Lady J's standard arm. And that's very why cool. you can't have her, Rob. You can't have her. <laughs> winner back tonight <laughs> Paul you're up next the next rung up from the alley viper is my modern vamp <laughs> and I'm actually surprised you guys didn't click on that one well modern vamp uh, we've had a whole YouTube review dedicated to vamp versus vamp I think Steve and I have powered on a few occasions as to which is the better one I love the, the modern era vamp for one reason, it, it can hold a lot of figures. It's something that um, that I love in my Joe vehicles. It's something Stephen mentioned earlier in this episode, actually, is that it was uh, something that's cool about the Warthog. You could just load it with tons of dudes. You can go up against you know your friends and whatever. I really love the vamp for that. I really love that I can choose a squad of Joes, and it's limited by how many you know how many people the vamp the modern vamp can carry. So that's always like my my like sort of go to squad. They change up. I can change them up a bit and can make it interesting. The toy itself is a lot of fun. I love a lot of the modular features, things like the removable uh, Gatling gun, the uh, removable spring-loaded missile firing launcher thing. I love the suspension system. It's a lot of fun to play with. It's a really great toy. The, The decals were done quite tastefully, in my opinion. The font is not my favorite, but they're still there. It's still a well done set of uh, decals. And the other thing is, is that it's uh, when it comes to my modern vehicles and and having to experience uh, taking a vehicle out of the box, that's right up there. It's um, I've I got the 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 toy in what I call um, the massive Joe Hall of what 2011, I think it was, and uh, there's pictures, and uh, here I am pulling this toy out and I get to actually assemble parts of it, and that just brought me back to my childhood to to assembling other GI Joe vehicles and. It was just a lot of fun. It just reminded me that G.I. Joe is still an awesome toy line. They still make really incredible vehicles, or that they had the potential to make really incredible vehicles, and this here was a diamond in the rough. 
And that is why I love my modern vamp. And that's why it's number four on this list. And before I jump on to, to Rob, yeah, before we jump on to Rob, <laughs> I, <laughs> no, I'll do no such thing. Heavy. <laughs> Don't, yeah, no, we'll jump on to Rob and we'll ask him for his lunch money. Um, no, it is actually a vehicle I take out to play with quite often these days. I mean, I, I, I really do pull it off the shelf. I load it up with a couple of Joes and I might race it up and down. Well, not so much the passage because uh, the clacking of the plastic wheels on the tiled floor is a bit unsettling, but it is cool to have it on the bed <laughs> and like, you know, like set up like mountains and have it ramp over those. And, you know, it's brought me a lot of joy. I also love having guys hanging out of it and shooting, and you'll probably see it in a lot of my photo shoots that I that I will be putting up on the Facebook pages in the coming uh, in the next coming weeks, months, years. So yeah, so modern vamp is definitely a a newfound love. On to you, Robo. Okay, so my number four after my number five, which was the 1990 Avalanche vehicle, is one that neither of you guessed, and it is. Version 1 Soundwave. No, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my word. (laughs) Version 1 Shockwave from 1988. Now, this is a toy that I, I, while we were growing up, yeah, it was probably the toy that I think Stephen played with the most. Or it seemed that way, because I never got a chance to play with him. But... He just became I'm sorry, so, Rob. I'm so sorry. <laughs> he just became such such an interesting character, just the way that Stephen characterized him in, in, in our play, that he became one of my favorite Joes. I mean... Vicariously. Vicariously, yes. <laughs> and How did I characterize him, Rob? What, uh, what did I do? You got me guessing. I am Senor Carlos. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, he just always seemed like, you know... He, he was always the first out there and he was always so well equipped with his weapons and I don't know. I, I have a terrible memory. I don't know if, if we've mentioned this on the podcast before, but, um, you just got a cool vibe by the way. I got a cool, a really, really good impression of him. And his look is, he's like, yeah, he's the blue beaded. <laughs> and I like that a lot about him. And then, once I started earning money and I had a job, he was, he's the only Joe that I own that Steven also owns, I think. But it's the only Just one that way. I went, that I went out of my way to buy for, for myself. So I had my own version of it. Well, it makes perfect sense to me and I'll, I'll elucidate for everyone else's benefit. Rob and I have a very closely linked collection to the point where Rob typically leaves all of his stuff at my place. Because the only time he really, I suppose, chooses to enjoy his stuff is when we meet up and, uh, I don't know, play with our Joes. Um, though I wish <laughs> we did that more often. <sighs> but but as, as children, we, that's what we would do. And I wouldn't, you know, if I was at home, yeah, I'd play with a few of them. And the mentality that we had was if one of us has it, both of us effectively have it. So let's yeah. divert our attention to getting stuff that neither of us have. So duplicates rarely happened. That's true. I mean, so you getting weird duplicates, but you buying Shockwave is actually quite uh, quite an important step, quite a, a big move, really. It's quite notable, yeah, very much so. 
yeah, I mean, it's really the only figure that, that I can really think of that I actually went out of my way and said, I actually want to have a version of this guy for myself. And we typically had the same approach to vehicles until I went out and got myself a whale. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember your, your attitude to that, Rob, was like, why did you get a whale, you idiot? Because they're so expensive. Like, we've got a whale. Don't – stupid. Don't get a whale. Get anything else. Get, you know, start saving up for that flag. Don't get a whale. <laughs> and, and, and then I got you to do two desert foxes. And I was like, okay, now you have one and I have one. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. Oh, goodness. But, yeah. Aren't so they both mine? <laughs> yes, they are both yours. But at least, you know, I can I have one to play with while you're playing with yours. Because I, I think they're... Desert Fox is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. It is. At I've least, at least I don't have to miss toy. out on playing with it while you're playing with it at the same time. So we can both play with it. <laughs> the two of them. And Paul holds the camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's my, my number four. And that is, that is the shock wave. Well then. I'm going to see your number four and raise you a number three because Shockwave makes it onto my list as well. Shockwave version one, 1988, number three. And pretty much for all the reasons that Rob outlined, he was my <laughs> protagonist. He was my lead guy. And the way that worked out, this is an interesting uh, story that you probably don't know, Robert. Mm. I was about nine years old and my brother who was 18 at the time, just leaving school, I took all the Joes that I had at the time, laid it out in front of him, and said, Mark, which one's the coolest? And, you know, it was a pile of a lot of camo green army types, a couple of ninjas, but Mark singled out this blue balaclava dude. And I had never thought much of him up until that point. I remember playing with him enough to lose practically all his accessories at the local <laughs> municipal dump where I was playing with him one day. My dad was <laughs> delivering garden refuse. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I, was just, I was just hanging out at the, you know, the, the landfill <laughs> with my shockwave. Um, his submachine gun, I had snapped the stock by that point. I think the barrel was also hanging by a thread. The knife just evaporated. I didn't even remember that the knife was actually cast in silver. I thought it was cast in black. <laughs> I mean, that's how quickly it disappeared. The gun disappeared. The pistol also. No memory of that whatsoever. After that fateful day, Shockwave kind of found his way in the back of the pile. But my brother singled him out and said, this figure is the coolest. And that really stuck. Naturally, I, you know, as one would with your big brother, you, you kind of look up to him and value his opinion. And so, as a result, Shockwave just kind of accelerated very quickly into the lead of uh, my favorite figure. And it's very easy to see why. You know, the guy with the cap and balaclava combo, that's something that no other Joe has going on. He's got baggies. He's got this kind of ribbed body armor, <laughs> and something which is just too cool and too 80s for, for mentioning. He's got shell-toe high tops. 
that is the mark of a truly stylish dude. So he's a hipster. Well, he's, you know, I don't know. It's they're sneakers. They're they're supposed to be you know quiet footwear. Because when he's moving up on on a target house or building and about to kick down some doors, you don't be making too much noise until you absolutely have to bring the pain. So it's a practical, practical consideration. You don't want heavy boots. You want something more flexible. See, uh, it's just a winning look. look. He's got dual-wheeled pistols on his thighs. The backpack's a screamer with a big-ass knife sticking out of it. (laughs) And I've recently rediscovered the love for his somewhat oversized but great fun submachine gun. The pistol is insane. That is way oversized. I would just pretend he's wielding pistols, preferably the pistols that are actually strapped to his legs. Mm. Yeah, and a woefully inadequate 25th anniversary update that just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. But I yeah, man. I Source material is... So much, but sorry. Well, that's your prerogative, man. You're the 25th anniversary apologist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. And it's also your turn. (laughs) Number three, if you please, Paul. Cool. It's not Shockwave. (laughs) (laughs) No, it has to be your number two. Okay. (laughs) Okay, my number three, and both of you guys got it, is the bug. Oh, yeah. Because, like, how sexy is the bug? The bug is, like, I don't know, it's a tank and a submarine and a tank, and a submarine, and it had a really big box when it sat there waiting for me to motivate purchase of it <laughs> and, and free it from its, from its capitalist confines, <laughs> which I think I did. <laughs> what happened is I would oogle this toy at the CNA in Cresta. That's and- ogle with two O's. Yes, that's ogle with two O's. Cause I you don't know, he really anything. wanted it bad. <laughs> yeah, I don't ogle, fuck all, I oogle. If I can't oogle it, it's not worth it. So I'm checking this thing out like it's the best thing to hit the planet, because it is, and I haven't quite yet seen the Cobra Hammerhead. And this box is huge. I mean, the only box that, in my opinion, sort of matched up to it was like a Dino Rider. And I was done with Dino Riders because you couldn't bend the fucker's knees. So... I really wanted this Cobra. You could bend bike. the knees, you couldn't bend the arms, but okay. Whatever, you know, it's they were just odd. I lost a lot of my Rulons and humans. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So anyway, I'm coveting this toy. I mean, this thing is beautiful, and it just it's called the Cobra Bug, and the name sticks in my head, and I think I managed to hypnotize my parents into eventually buying it. Because one fateful day, an overcast day, I come home from school. I'm in what? I think I'm in standard one or grade two. I can't remember, one of the two. Second or third grade, whatever. And I come home, and there it is. On my birthday, I mean, it was my birthday. And my dad had wrapped it up in newspaper, (laughs) because he does that. And he had wrapped it up in newspaper, and he had, like, given it to me. And I was like, oh, shit, this is so cool. And the thing is, we had to go to the police station, because my dad was still a cop then. So I I quickly unwrapped this thing. I took some time and I assembled it. I put some stickers on it and whatever. And then I was like, I'm going to do the rest when we get to the, pe- uh, to the petrol, st- oh, to the petrol station, to the police station. Uh, Cause then what would happen is I'd go and chill out there and my dad would do his work stuff, whatever. And um, I had tons of fun with this bad boy. I mean, this thing was amazing. I just grabbed a handful of Joes. I can't even remember who they were. and just sort of threw them in all of the open slots on the, 
on the bug and I took it with me to the petrol station and then we had this really cool uh, grassy sort of hill and so I was like bombing it down the grassy hill and I was having tons of fun with this thing. I loved it. Then uh, what had happened a little after that is the police would have this big uh, – and I've mentioned this before on the show – they would have these like sort of police functions and then it would have like a secret Santa thing for the kids. And then what would happen is all the families would go and they would like drop off presents in a pile or whatever. And then kids would sort of get stuff randomly handed to them. And my parents, for as awesome as they are, they just, they, they're not like team players when it comes to stuff like that. So they quickly realized, oh shit, they didn't actually get anything to sort of give me. And then we quickly put my bug back in its box quickly and wrapped the box up. <laughs> <laughs> and, but and I chucked a whole bunch of figures in there and I had a fang at the time already so I threw the fang into the box and I was having shitloads of fun playing with my cobra bug at the police bry because I couldn't give a shit near me with my cobra bug jamming at the police bry and there was like a dam there so I drove the cobra bug through in the dam and it was a lot of fun it was, it was a really 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 fantastic toy I drove your cobra bug into a dam that's right. My second Cobra bug has also been damned. <laughs> so, sadly, my original Cobra bug uh, did suffer the fate of... Oh, you know, disintegration. Disintegration. But disintegration from creation. You see, what happened is my buddy David and I... David would paint his G.I. Joes and like start customizing. So I was like, shit, I want to customize stuff too. So then uh, I took my Mega Marines at the time. Uh, and I was like, okay, cool. Well, let's see if we can give you guys some battle damage, you and the Star Brigade. So I heated up screwdriver and I pockmarked some like bullet holes into them. I was like, hey, this is pretty cool. And then I started doing the same thing to the bug. And then I just got a bit overzealous. And the bug was like, it's holier than Swiss cheese. Um, and it, yeah, it, it vanished with, uh, with the sands of time, sadly. But, That's a part uh, of the story I've never heard. Mm. Jeez, Paul. Yeah, it's sad. But you were dude, one of I those kids. I wasn't actually. That was weird. That's that's why I think I'm so protective of my stuff now. Again, you know, because I really wasn't. But then I wanted to do battle damage and make it look realistic. I was getting to that phase because I was also building model kits at the time as well. So I was trying to get that realism in there, and I was just stupid. I was just really stupid. Like, I hate it. I hate that I did that to that poor toy. But hey, you know, I played the shit out of it, and it is still to this day one of my favorite toys. And when I received my new one, it was also a really, really cool experience. It was this old friend that I hadn't seen in forever. And even now with my newly acquired vintage collection of toys, I've actually got a lot of really great Cobras to, to put in that vehicle. And right now I've got Road Pig. I've got – well, I've got a few in there. I've actually – I must double check. I've, I've got a whole bunch. I've got a Cobras put in every vehicle now at the moment. But I've got – I've loaded it up. You know, my Sea Slug's in there. Uh, Iron Grenadiers in there, Road Pigs in there, Voltars in there. I've got the Toxo Viper in there because that's really fitting as well. You know, it's a great toy. Amazing toy. I'm glad that you guys guessed that one because I have the Cobra Bug love. I'm glad we guessed it too because we're totally going to take home one of your toys. Wait a minute. Oh, we're not. <laughs> oh, there are no stakes. <laughs> <laughs> But hey, it's not whether you win or lose, it's how you played the game, right? That's right. How is Rob playing the game? How am I playing the game? Let's find out. What's your number three, Robbie? Uh, so uh, my number th- my number three is one that you actually that both of you got right. Isn't that incredible? What could it be Scoop. 
It's whale. It's a whale. Yay! It's a, a whale. Killer whale. It's a whale fishy cry, and the whale was in full view. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Scruff. It's just, if you it's say so. Song. It's a song, Stephen. So the warrior hovering assault, launching envoy, envoy. I love this thing. It's I just, love it, Trump. It's so big. And it has so many things you can do with it. And I love that the wheels move and it moves over surfaces. I just, ah. I'm sorry, I don't, I don't, like, I don't have a story. I'm just, I, I just love this thing. I want it, Rob. I want that whale so bad. Can't have it. And I think my one's better than Steve's as well. <laughs> yeah, whatever, buddy. Bring it around. <laughs> We'll get a, a, a professional grader to take a look. <laughs> what? Your dad? Hey, at least oh, mine's, actually, mine's actually had some pool time. Oh, what? No, I would never ruin mine with with the pool. <laughs> this thing will stay dry forever. Well, there's it in the box, ru- ruining it with the pool, and then there's putting it in a Johannesburg stagnant pool. <laughs> well, that's better than ruining it. Oh, well. Yeah, it just uh, smells less like shit. (laughs) (laughs) The chlorine will discolor it, so just be careful if you don't mind me saying. See? Mine's all the colors still bright. (laughs) Perfect. Carter looks awesome as he's directing people. Doc, check the computer. How's the weather doing? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, everything's getting hot in the ocean. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, deploy smoke <laughs> yeah. yeah we will counter the counter with our own counter Cobra yes Revenge of Cobra yeah, miniseries left quite an impression on the lads Retribution of Cobra so with two picks still in hand the scores yeah. are Rob has correctly guessed that Paul had the bug in his list. Yes, I did. And that's it. That's it. I'm terrible at guessing. I have also correctly guessed that Paul had the bug in his list. Whoa. And correctly guessed that Rob had the whale in his list. So two points to me, one point to Rob. Yeah. And Paul has correctly guessed that Rob had the avalanche and the whale in his whale. list. Look at that. He, th- he knows me better than he thinks he does. It's so whale, therefore, Paul and Steve are neck and neck at the top. You guys so. are necking at the top. <laughs> <laughs> Without further ado, let's get into our penultimate picks. Ooh, number two. Without further ado. For yours truly... <laughs> Yeah, you're both going to be adding another point to your tally. What? Is that possible? It is possible. Well, possible. depending on what is it. What is it, Steven? Dragonfly. Dragonfly. Oh, no, wait. No, it's not the dragonfly. You haven't been keeping tally, have you, Paul? No, the only the only vehicle that you both have in common on your lists of me guesses, uh, is the Tomahawk helicopter. That's right. Whoa! Boom. So, you can pat yourselves on the back, gents. You can both 
get a point. Excellent. Yeah. Wow. Who ya? Tomahawk for the win. I mean, what can be said about this thing that hasn't been said already? It's. You've said so much. <sighs> That's how we knew. <laughs> I didn't think that the tomahawk even existed as a toy. I thought, just like Cobra's purple transport helicopter showcased in so many of the original A Real American Hero Marvel comic book, that the tomahawk was equally just a comic book-only transport helicopter design that stuck. Because... Cobra needs a transport helicopter. G.I. Joe needs a, he- a transport helicopter. The toy isn't in existence, and it will never be in existence. So let's just make it up. Well, little did I realize that the Tomahawk was actually a real existing toy produced by Hasbro in 1986. This was yeah. the most groundbreaking and shocking revelation of the Internet era. It must have happened in around 1997 or 8 or 9. Oh, my um, word. So, so I actually played with the Tomahawk before you did. Well, you had a Tomahawk, you know, way back when, Paul. I only discovered this thing when I ordered it for the first time from a New York-based toy dealer, which had an online store. This was before eBay, mm. and they were called a Mock Time. They were advertised in an issue of Toy Fair as having a sort of a an online order system. But that Tomahawk never arrived. Yeah, I think like... I, I ordered it, and they'd just run out of stock. I mean, it was a very bold thing for an e-tailer to just advertise stock of vintage G.I. Joe toys back then. I mean, sometimes you'll have a Tomahawk in your inventory. Most times you won't. And those things move. So even back in... I don't know, 1998. Um, yeah, thinking that I could order it online without having to bid for it, without having to compete in an auction, was pretty naive on my part. But needless to say, that tomahawk <laughs> never reached me. I did, however, get it five or six years later from Dr. Tongue's Toys, another e-tailer, whose <laughs> inventory Rob and I very swiftly snapped up it came in the same box as the whale, so what an amazing box of toys that must have been. I don't even have to say must have been. It was. I was there. I wept. Tears of joy. I actually physically cried. Open good, I'm glad I'm not the only one who does that. It, it, it was, yeah, it was one of the finest moments of my collecting life getting those two toys into my possession. The whale, once I checked out that nothing was damaged or broken, went back in the box because that was for Rob's birthday. But the tomahawk, man, I just picked that sucker up, played with it nonstop all day, filled it with with G.I. Joes. It also marked probably the later period of my toy playing with life. I can't actually say that my playing with toys has actually died off completely, but getting the tomahawk kind of marked the end of the trio of players, if you will. That being myself, Robert, and our friend Alistair. I remember distinctly getting the tomahawk, enjoying a few brief outings with the three of us, all loading it up with our K-1 
characters. And then I suppose Alistair moved on. Got anything to say about that, Robbie? He definitely moved on. Oh, he did. Okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe, just maybe, if I can twist his arm enough, we can get him on the show at some stage. That'd be awesome, and he'll play toys with us when we're 40. <laughs> so yes, the, the Tomahawk did signal the end of an era, but uh, a cool update to my Tomahawk saga, just the law of attraction. I mean, it is my favorite G.I. Joe vehicle, and in 2010, I found a mint in box one in a local toy shop in Cape Town. <laughs> the chances of that happening are just staggering. Staggeringly small. Jeez. So it's, uh, I mean, it, it just, that is kind of the crown and glory of this story, the cherry on top, if you will. Just happenstance, just walking into a toy shop, not expecting to find anything remotely exciting, and finding not only a vintage G.I. Joe vehicle, but my favorite vintage G.I. Joe vehicle of them all that speaks for itself that will be a story I tell my kids one day and you like it so much you bought it twice exactly I, that's how much you like this thing I remember when I got that email I mean we barely we barely knew each other at that point Steve I mean when when I got that email from you my heart was racing I was like oh my god that's like one of the coolest things to happen ever you were about to buy your plane ticket and hop on over. Like, Pretty I've got much. to come to this toy store. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Paul. It's yeah, not likely to ever happen again. But that said, every time I go there, there's a flicker of hope. Maybe not something as cool as a tomahawk, but hell, if they have a boxed radar rat, I'd be a happy boy. Well, it would make yeah. It would make the trip worth it. I found one of those, and it was like, <laughs> it was crazy, and it was, and it was actually, um, it was kismet. I think that's that's the the correct term because it was fifty rand, and I had exactly fifty rand in my pocket, mm. and I went to a place that I never go to, and it was the first time I'd ever been to Worldware. I go in there, with, Michelle has to go and get some uh, food. She tells me about some toy shop. I sp- I can't find the stupid toy shop. I just see shoe shops. Then she comes out, and she's like, it's over there, stupid. So I'm like, oh, okay. So I go inside. I scan the place. I see a whole bunch of Battletech stuff. And then all of a sudden, G.I. Joe logo. Mm. I run over to the thing. I don't even think. I look at the price. I reached into my pocket to see if I had any money. I did. It was 50 rand. I gave it to her, and I walked out. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Best stories ever, those ones. Finding unopened vintage toys. Man. Love it, They're love it, love it. I, and, you know, finding them in the most unsuspecting places. I'm not talking about a guy who deals in vintage toys because then you know you're going to be paying top dollar because this guy knows the value of the stuff. I mean, similar to your 50 Rand vintage Radar Rats score, I got a Skystorm for 50 bucks at a flea market at the beach. I paid 250 Rand for this Tomahawk. That's $25. That's a sealed, mint in sealed box tomahawk for $25. Doesn't happen. Does not happen. Anyway. In fact, it was even less back then because the exchange rate was better. It was probably about, I don't know, $18? Ugh, I feel dirty. <laughs> I feel like I should have given them more money. <laughs> not. <laughs> not. <laughs> Over to you, Paul. What's your number two? Okay, my number two is something you guessed, the Warthog, something we share 
in common. The Warthog is one of the most amazing G.I. Joe toys ever made, in my opinion. The year was probably, I think, 1992, more or less. I, I know that I was in grade two. There was a Dion's in a place called the Sunlum Center, uh, which is still today, uh, there today, but the shop itself isn't there anymore. They had a brochure that went out, you know, to tell you about cheap butter and cheap couches and whatever. And in that brochure was G.I. Joe vehicles. And I absolutely had to go and have a look. And surprisingly enough, they didn't actually have the Warthog listed in that brochure. They had the Devastator, the Pulverizer, the Fang, and some other things. But the, the whole catch there was if you bought any two vehicles or any two of those toys, you got a free bag of marbles. And I think my mother had just gotten paid or something because I was like showed her and she was like, oh, my God. You know, well, let's go. Let's go and have a look. You know, let's go and see what it's all about. So I went there, and there it was, the warthog. <laughs> and I was like, oh my word, I'm not leaving this place without that motherfucker. I think it was, I think it was 50 rand or 80 rand, if if memory serves, uh, around there. And uh, my mom got it for me, and then she said I can grab something else. And um, I grabbed a, I and, and this is where my memory is fuzzy because I know I've. I had both of these vehicles, and I remember them happening at around the same time. But I can't remember if I grabbed the Fang 2 or if I grabbed the Devastator. I definitely do remember not grabbing a Pulverizer because I had some kind of a brain then. But uh, <laughs> I think of a bit of an insult there, buddy, because because uh, I bought a Pulverizer. Like, what are you what are you trying to say, man? No, dude. Uh, you know what? It's just that I, he's saying I think... if it's your number one, then he's really sorry, but. <laughs> It's not a really cool looking vehicle. Man, it had recoil on the box with the the boomerang gun. Come yeah. on. Yeah, no, it's it's so cool. Um anyway, <laughs> so I got the Warthog and I think I got the Fang or the Devastator, or maybe I got both. Fuck, I don't know. And I got a free bag of marbles and it was so cool. And I was actually really impressed with myself because I restrained myself. I didn't open that thing in the in the car. Because I had had He-Man toys uh, prior to then, and something that had sort of haunted me up until that point was that I may, may have lost the figurine. Because, uh, and I'm going to quickly jump in here. He-Man has some vehicle, looks like an eagle's head, and it's got like a gun handle. And uh, I got it, and I opened it in the in the car, and then I thought the He-Man toy that came with it disappeared. <laughs> there was no He-Man toy in the box. But uh, so that had terrified me from ever opening. Uh, boxes or vehicles or things with lots of parts in the car so anyway i got home and i opened the box well and... i don't think you lost an entire he-man figure i don't think the masters of the universe typically no, no. included drivers no exactly that, that's pilots. exactly my point but, that, but that's the thing like as a kid then i didn't realize and then i also never bought another he-man vehicle again because honestly there weren't any other he-man vehicles that sort of came out uh, afterwards that i really care cared about because i got my gi joe stuff very shortly after that and uh well, uh opened this bad boy, and I assembled it, and I put on all the stickers, and I got Sergeant Slammer, <laughs> as he was called uh, in the European version. And uh, it was I, I would go through the, the manual, because I, I, I enjoyed reading the manuals and going through stuff like that when I was a kid, and I still do now. And I found out it can float. So I quickly ran a bath, and I put the Warthog in the bath, and I loaded it up with all the Joes that I had at the time. I couldn't even remember who they are. I just remember Sergeant Slammer. And I'm playing with this bad boy in the bus. And I'm like, oh my god, it floats. It's the coolest toy ever. And then that escalated into uh, when David, event, or David had moved here around the same time. 
and then we'd go and play in the park and we'd actually dig holes into the ground okay and and like use the warthog as like a as a fob as a forward operations base not that we knew that that was called we just called it a base and we'd like dug it put it on the ground and we put twigs and stuff and we made like these weird elaborate sort of fences around it and we we did these whole like missions of attacking the base and stuff warthog lasted a very long time uh, I don't actually know what happened to it, sadly. I think uh, it's very possible that the domestic helper that we had at the time somehow managed to steal it because she managed to get out of this house with tons of my toys. But, uh, yeah, eventually she, she got her hands around that one somehow. Um, but, yeah, it was one of my favorite toys. And when Steve came through and actually brought a warthog with him, it was it was awesome. I, I, just, I hadn't seen a toy in forever. I had goosebumps. And uh, now I own one. Again, I own the black one, though, the Night Rhino, as they call it. And it is currently filled with vintage G.I. Joes. Hardball, Backblast, Recoil, Rock and Roll, a Roadblock. Oh, Muskrat are currently in there. And I've also taken it down recently and had some fun with that. So that's why it had to be on this list, because it is one of my all-time favorites. It's, it, if we do one of these lists again in, in 10 years' time, it'll probably still be on that same list. Hmm. Mm. Another way to think about it is, like, you've got 10 seconds until the roof caves in, the house is on fire. It's one of those kind of arguments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's why it's loaded with Joes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> cool. So my number two is is one that you, uh, once again, you both guessed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and that is Scoop. Scoop. Have a scoop of scoop. I scooped him. You both scooped him. Scoop, I've probably talked about more than any other G.I. Joe. I mean, once again, I think he's one of those Joes that is probably not many people's favorites. Or if if anyone's except me. Let us know, fans, listeners. Um, But he's definitely a favorite of mine. He looks so unassuming, I think, but he just feels he has so much potential. I, I like his face and that weird, like, curly-type hair he's got going. <laughs> <laughs> it's unlike any other Joe. I'll give him that. Yeah, and all the equipment he came with, which, I mean, I, except for the backpack and the camera and his helmet, I, I lost all the rest. Once again, a figure with a tiny little microphone. I mean, come on. Why, Hasbro? We're this children. Awesome. So glued that in. You probably <laughs> ate yours. <laughs> probably. I mean, I think he's probably the earliest Joe I remember remember getting. Definitely in a, in, in a Dion's is, is, where, is where my mom found him. <laughs> and she was like, yep. He doesn't look too well-equipped with guns. Let's just get this guy. Was it Dion's in Manor Mall? I think definitely it was. Mm. That's where where most of my most of my GI Joes came from. Oh, yeah. We, we often frequented Manor Mall, uh, and we went to the cinema there a lot, um, at KFC there. So that, that was probably the, the number one place, other than Kenilworth Center, which is another center which was near where I lived. As a child, and yeah, I, I I love this figure. He's just awesome. 
Yep. Anytime I was using Shockwave to knock down doors, Scoop was backing him up with the camera. I was holding the camera. <laughs> I got the shot. I got the shot. <laughs> I mean, just the, the figure sculpt itself just suggested so much. You know, the cool, like, like very big. I mean, it's not even like a watch. It's this huge thing on his left arm. <laughs> not to mention a rather oversized camera. I mean, this guy screams 1980s, you know, news crew, journo. Mm-hmm. And it's, oh, it's great. It re- like, in hand... You just go over every inch of this guy's sculpt and say to yourself, well, you know what? For a figure that was probably doomed to not do particularly well as a kind of a news correspondent on the Joe team, they did a damn fine job on it. Well played, Hasbro. Yeah, I got to yeah. agree. A really unique specialty and, and it a just shows cool you... action figure. Yeah, and it just shows you, you know, the sort of effort they put into every figure back then. I mean, even, well, up to a point. In 1989, they were were still putting a lot of effort in. (laughs) Hmm. Yep. But I remember the reactions from both Al and myself to the fact that Rob invariably picked Scoop as his kind of protagonist or lead character. We're like, huh? We're going on a mission to, like, kill bad guys and Rob's going to film it. What <laughs> is that all about? But I would, anyway. I would give him a gun. He would have a gun. <laughs> he would still shoot at things while he was shooting. Yeah, and needless to say, Alistair probably packed enough guns for a small army. <laughs> <laughs> all, all stuck to his uh, quad bike with <laughs> Prestic. Stick and then like rubber bands so he could you know put them on the back. So he, he always had more than enough guns. And he would always get frustrated because we didn't even exhaust the ammo supply he had for his primary weapon. <laughs> Not to mention his bevy of handguns, his combat shotgun, his sword, and his collection of knives. He never really got down to <laughs> never really got down to hand to hand, which always kind of bummed him out a bit. Oh, Alistair. We miss you, buddy. Hmm. Oh, it's me, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've reached number one. our number one. Gentlemen, congratulations. This has been a lot of fun. But the fun is now about to ramp up a notch. Ooh. Oh, might as well just come out and say it. There's no real need to hype this pick. It's going to come as a surprise to both of you since neither of you guessed it. Wow. Snake Eyes, version 3, 1989. Oh. Mm. I had that one on my one, a maybe list as well. Fuck. <sighs> the mythical figure of my youth. And, in my opinion, obviously, far and away the best Snake Eyes ever produced. Ever. He encapsulates a return to the more commando elements but he still comes with a sword. <laughs> amazing accessories. Just amazing. Four distinct weapons, each very different to one another. Whereas version 2 absorbs a lot of plastic into a molded farm animal called timber, 
<laughs> Sorry, I'm going to be as disparaging as possible because obviously everyone's initial comparison is with 1985 version 2. I don't like the visor. I like the goggles. I like the trench knives that he has on his chest. Mm. It's a very prominent feature, and that's that's cool. Of course, it would be even cooler if they were removable, but if it came at the cost of them being as obtrusive as the 25th anniversary version's removable knives, I'm glad they left it out. I mean, it will always be a baffling thing to me that in 1989 they chose to make the Heat Viper's rockets removable from his ankles, but not Snake Eyes' chest knives. I mean, uh what are you supposed to do with those removable rockets? You can't load them into his rocket launcher, whereas Snake Eyes' knives would be handheld accessories. Anyway, the accessories are top-notch. All instruments of death. Even his backpack, covered with badassery. He's got climbing claws. He's got poison-tipped darts. And he's got little pouches for what I can only assume are shurikens. Maybe no, I'll agree with you there. That's what I always assumed they were. He's got a small bedroll if he needs to camp down for the night. Or maybe it's a blind for when he's waiting to take the shot with his blowgun. Uh, he's got enough rope to scale walls. And who knows what else is in that pack. Probably explosives. He packs more grenades than any other Snake Eyes does. He's got armored gauntlets, also probably for combat purposes. Carabiners. Oh, man. He's got an earpiece. I imagine he's got some kind of very low-profile communications gear installed into that earpiece. And he rocks a pair of boots, which is a nice throwback to his initial commando appearance. Instead of having, I don't know, martial arts socks, <laughs> sandals, <laughs> which are typically what he, he runs around in in other incarnations. Yeah, this figure's great. I mean, a lot of interesting texturing going into him, but all done in a tasteful black. You don't have to draw attention to any of those details. If you want to examine the sculpt closely, you can. But Snake Eyes is back in black, man, and it's good. So yes, uh, far and away, my favorite figure. And as uh, as of the 24th of September, 2014, my favorite G.I. Joe toy of all. I love the sword design. In fact, the sword kind of lived on as the primary accessory of another character that I absolutely adored, a sort of custom character um, that I used in a kind of a science fiction setting. <clears throat> and he just rocked that sword and made Mucho's death with it. One thing I didn't like about this Snake Eyes, it's not a failing of the toy of, at all, of course, is the outfit's introduction in the comic run. Mm. I thought that was the biggest <laughs> letdown ever when I read it for the first time. And I only ever read it in the trade paperbacks. Uh, after the fact. But Snake Eyes is being tortured 
and obviously hasn't got his uniform on. And the guys he's being tortured by are some like bondage S and M gimp looking dudes who have like leth- leather fetishes. Mm. Anyway, the one guy's wearing like leather pants, the other guy's wearing a mask, and the other guy's wearing I suppose a a vest with the knives attached. So Snake Eyes makes quick work of these guys, slays them all, and assembles his new look from their various uh, outfits. I just thought that's just that's just cheeky, man. I wanted a bit more thought going into Snake Eyes assembling this outfit, not just like scavenging it off these lame S&M bondage gimp dudes. Anyway, that's something that I will kindly continue to turn a blind eye to because this is the man. That's Snake Eyes. That was my first Snake Eyes, as I'm sure it was for many. Uh, at least not listening to this uh, show, but um, possibly to many in South Africa. Because uh, he was like the coolest toy when I was a kid. When I was like really small, like the guys that I knew in school that had G.I. Joes all loved that Snake Eyes. They like thought he was amazing. Like he was the coolest toy ever. And uh, I had one and this kid called Enrico. And yes, I do remember his name. Um, he tore my Snake Eyes in twain. He, uh, he managed to break it, and uh, obviously not realizing that I could have fixed the O-ring and, and all that kind of stuff, I kind of had a very dead toy uh, left to me. But that doesn't devalue the toy in my eyes. In fact, I, I have to say, it's a truly beautiful snake eyes and a truly beautiful figure, because everything that Steve highlighted about it definitely makes it you know, stand out. One thing that he hasn't mentioned yet, it's really cool that he's in the video game, and that he's re- represented in that and in that format, if I can put that out there, and mm-hmm. I always thought that was that was always a draw card in the video game for me. I was always like, oh, cool, they got that Snake Eyes, you know, because I I'd played the second GI Joe uh, before I played the first GI Joe, and you only get neon orange goggle Snake Eyes. So yeah, just wanted to throw that out there. Duly noted, sir. And yes, absolutely. I'm glad you raised it because that's another tr- huge draw to that that being a an important Snake Eyes historically, because that game was that was pretty important to me as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, for for kids that grew up without the cartoon, it definitely helped to create a mythos for us as well. You know, because the video game is very much its own kind of thing. It's very much the toy mythos. I don't know how to explain it better than that. It's just, it's just kind of. Um, it's how you'd I, imagine kids to play with their toys. That's yeah. what keeps bringing me back to the Nintendo Entertainment System Taxan G.I. Joe video game. It's like you've got a team of three going to exotic locations all around the world and setting bombs and blowing the shit out of Cobra and then coming face-to-face with a boss at the end. I think that yeah. game was responsible for molding a lot of how I played with my toys back then. It was oh, like totally. You'd be sneaking around, taking out Cobras, planting bombs, and then ultimately you'd have to run alongside a cobra bug and blow it up. <laughs> and that's why I own a buzzball, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Indeed. Now you just need a battlecopter. Damn right. And a pogo. And anyway, a pogo. Anything else you want to put some light on there, Steve, or are you good? Uh, I suppose I have to close the lid on this figure by saying the one that is currently in, in my possession is Rob's figure. Yeah. I had this figure... Very, very briefly. I got it for Christmas of 1990. Loved it intensely. 
and it disappeared from my collection as quickly as it came in. Parts of it still remained. For instance, I think the blowgun, the backpack, not the backpack, maybe the backpack, I don't know. The blowgun, definitely, and maybe a section or two of the nunchaku or three-section staff Mm. are actually from my original Snake Eyes. The bulk of the Snake Eyes is Rob's, the sword, and the gun, which he thought he had lost, but he found, which brought me much glee. And then... As recently as last year, I finally managed to get a backpack from a local toy store. Not even toy store. It's a vintage sort of second-hand store. Uh, they had bags of G.I. Joe accessories. I got a backpack that had unbroken clips. So this Snake Eyes has been a long time in the completing. <laughs> and it makes me very pleased that the Snake Eyes is now complete. And, of course, features... Wobbly leg kicking action. <laughs> <laughs> and the circle is now complete. <laughs> yeah, so that's all I have to say about that. <clears throat> Over to you. Okay, you guys, my number one, you both got it right. Yes! It Yay. is Snake Eyes, but it is 1985 Snake Eyes. The unicorn. <laughs> okay, a bit of story behind this toy. Leading up to the acquisition of it. I uh, only had one Snake Eyes, and that was Goggle Eyes Snake Eyes. And for the longest time, that was the Snake Eyes. I mean, there was no other Snake Eyes. I didn't think there was any other Snake Eyes and whatever. Then, Dave, uh, my Chinese friend, told me about a different Snake Eyes. Some fabled Snake Eyes that also came with a wolf. And he had a really cool visor. And... And an amazing sword. And I was like, who is the Snake Eyes? So my imagination would go wild with who the Snake Eyes could be. And I never saw it until eventually I managed to get the videotapes, the Action Force videotapes from a friend of mine. And uh, we watched them to death. And then there was G.I. Joe the movie. And G.I. Joe the movie actually had Snake Eyes in it. The very same visored Snake Eyes. And I was like, wow, I have to get this. Because Dave also wanted it. So him and I were both like, holy shit, we have to get this toy. So every time we went to a toy shop, we sort of went to a toy shop hoping that, for some reason or another, that they would have the Snake Eyes. And we would go to the Toys for Big Boys Expo, which then was mostly like cars and things like that, but has now changed into you know, model kits and vintage toys and things like that. But then we went there to Kailami to go and look for this very Snake Eyes. And you know, alas, we didn't find him, and, you know, years just went past, and this was always, like, the unicorn, and it's always this toy I wanted, and, oh, I have to get the Snake Eyes, and then I started seeing J. Scott Campbell's sort of artwork based on, you know, the, the vintage G.I. Joe stuff, and um, and there, that Snake Eyes would appear again, and I just fell in love with this this design. This, he just became Snake Eyes for me. This I don't know why, because I grew up with the goggled eye Snake Eyes, but this became Snake Eyes for me, and yeah, queue a few years uh, ahead, quite a few years actually, and I, I finally have my hands on that very Snake Eyes. After having a modern era incarnation of him, after having a so-called ultimate modern era incarnation of him, I have a Sideshow Collectibles incarnation of him, uh, and now I finally have him in my hand, right now, as I'm talking to you guys. Here he is, and he is truly, truly, truly Amazing. I love this toy. He's, uh, 
I know uh, some of the things that Steve mentioned, like he's wearing his little ninja shoes and things like that. I think that he necessarily <laughs> doesn't like. They are things that I do like quite a bit. Um, you know, There's ankle packs. Ankle packs. Um, I love this guy's Uzi. I never thought uh, he. It's such a small gun, actually, and it, it is so well detailed, uh, especially for its era as well. And the the texture that goes into the backpack, the actual design of the sword, the uh, little wrist-mounted uh, arrow launcher, and the uh, the little it's watch. watch. On, yeah, his little watch. It's just such cool detail. And the, I, I, I always imagine it's some kind of maybe a recon camera or something like that that's on his bandolier. Or maybe it's like a collection of detonation stuff for a dead pack. I don't know. But I just love these little details. And the figure really does tell a story. I mean... I don't have to tell our listeners how cool this figure is if they've got it already. I mean, he's he's really fantastic. In fact, so much so that he has one detail on him that no other Snake Eyes has done. Even the modern era incarnations of him of him have never done it. Because his visor is meant to be based on the on a, like a knight's visor, it's got these two little funny like nose holes, these two little pinched nose holes underneath it, and it's also almost double layered. Um, none of the modern era incarnations ever show that off. All of them sort of seem to have it as some one-piece one wraparound, and I really love that they've got that detail in this. It really makes me appreciate the design of Snake Eyes more. And having a look at my now modern era, uh, it's not the 50th anniversary, but it's the so-called Ultimate Snake Eyes that was released um, last year, or beginning of this year, I, I forget. Pursuit of Cobra. Oh, oh no. No, no, no not, not the Pursuit of Cobra one. That one is beautiful. That one is the true Ultimate Snake Eyes, but just for terms of reference you know the the snake eyes they are calling the ultimate snake eyes or hasbro is calling the ultimate snake eyes um when i first got that toy i i didn't appreciate it that much i thought he was great but now having the vintage one i can actually really appreciate the modern era one that they've done here because of the details that they put on him i see that they've really made a true love letter to the vintage figure with the exception of the little nose holes but uh i digress 85 vintage snake eyes is finally within my grasp I'm very happy to have it. I can almost go as far as saying that I'm happy with my collection of Snake Eyes, and it wouldn't hurt to have a a, a version 3 Snake Eyes in my collection, I'm not going to lie. Then I would personally feel it's well-rounded. But, uh, yeah, here's to you, 85 Snake Eyes. You have made the top of my top five lists, and you were how many years in the making? What? 20 years in the making? Holy shit. So, there you have it. Nice. How did he tell you that? He can't talk. He um he he knows how to use giant pens, so he wrote it down. Ah, so very Paul, crude looking twenty. Paul's a lip reader, because it's the oh. only snake eyes with lips. Well, yeah, it's the first true. snake eyes with lips. It's the only I'm, vintage snake I'm eyes not, with lips. Yeah, I'm not counting anything from Rise of Cobra garbage. <laughs> <laughs> no, agreed. But guys, I mean, Steve, you you are one of the people that actually sold me on 85 snake eyes again. Because uh, I actually thought oh, maybe it's just a foolish pursuit, and when that I shit when I, sells itself, buddy. Yeah, it's a goodie, uh, and I love this toy. He's he's like he's exclusive. He 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 uses the little green stand that came with my little ammo dump box, and every now and he's here here in my studio. And when I'm waiting for stuff to load or whatever, I've I'm going on missions with Snake Eyes. <laughs> that warms the cockles of my heart. <laughs> I, don't like, I don't like that word, but I use it. You hate that word. So, it's time for Rob's number one. Ding, ding, so, ding. My number one 
there's, there's nothing much more I can say about it after Stephen's exhaustive and zealous, affectionate speech about him. My number one is also Snake Eyes version 3. Holy shit. Yeah, crazy, eh? Isn't that insane? And isn't also insane that all three of our top Joes are Snake Eyes? Dun, dun, dun. We fall into that trap, guys. Yeah, in that trap. We are... We may no longer, we may no longer <laughs> lament the fact that we're up to Snake Eyes number eighty what <laughs> version? I have no idea. Version one hundred and two, whatever. Like we we can't we can't bemoan that fact anymore. That's true. Because Hasbro That's will keep true. on trying until they get <laughs> another Snake Eyes version two or three. Definitely, but he's very much, you know. I mean, it's just the fact that he has those wobbly legs just proves how much we played with him. <laughs> if, it was, if it wasn't Scoop for me, it, it was Snake Eyes. If, if someone else wasn't playing Snake Eyes, I, I, I would be playing Snake Eyes. You played your Snake Eyes till it was wobbly. Oh. Mm. And that Alice was the Snake Eyes that got the most love far and away. Definitely. And actually him having those wobbly knees just makes him more fun. Ninja kick action. You don't... <laughs> You don't actually have to like work as hard to play with him. I mean, he, he himself, he just wants to be played with. He's like, come on, let's do this. Whenever you move him, he's ready to, he's got motion. There's motion inside him and he, he gives it out to you. I must say, that makes sense. <laughs> Snake Eyes and also my, my childhood Shockwave, they are the biggest motivators for me to always buy very played with toys. It pisses mm. me off. The only way to get very played with toys is to buy lots. Because toys that are sold singly are always in collector you know, condition. Pretty yeah, pretty good condition. And I don't like that. I want to be able to play with my toys. I don't want to freak out that I'm ooh, I'm working that joint a little bit too much, just loosening or ooh, I'm gonna crack his elbows. No, come on. Mm. I want my toys to be robust. I want them to be played with. I want them to be ready for more action. And that's probably why I have not listed any toys that are like toys that I've sought after as an adult and now bought in a kind of a near mint condition. No, man. These are my childhood toys. These are my my guys. Let's have a symphony of, of loose knees. Ninja kick action. <laughs> <laughs> Your knees are far looser than mine, Shockwave. (laughs) No, you have the loosest knees, Snake Eyes. (laughs) Um, I'm afraid uh, Scoop's only got one loose knee. Yes, he always had that one. It's it's terrible to pose him like with that one loose knee because he just doesn't want to stand up. (laughs) (laughs) Got to use that good knee. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you gotta rest him on the on the on the one leg. Mm, he's really kind of, like he's designed that way. <laughs> he's in an action pose all the time. He's ready to jump forward and shoot something with his camera. Well, that <laughs> kind of evokes his card art. He's always taking a knee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but with that, it brings us to our tally. To our tally, indeed. And in last place, it's Rob. Rob only guessed three. Oh shit, Rob! I'm sorry, sorry guys. I feel awful. Which were those three, Rob? Those three were Steven's Tomahawk, uh, 
Paul's Bug and Paul's Snake Eyes version 2. Those are the three that I guessed. And then in second place, it's Paul with five guesses. Yeah, uh, that was uh, Rob's Scoop, Rob's Avalanche, Rob's Whale, and Stephen's Tomahawk. Indeed, indeed. And if it leaves you with any doubt, everyone, that puts Stephen in first place. Just just edging out Paul with six. What were those six guesses, Stephen? <sighs> well, I nailed your scoop to the wall. Ooh. And and your Snake Eyes version three. And your whale. Oh, and my whale. So They're I, all against the wall. I, I know you fairly well, Rob. And That's with true. Paul, it was the bug, the warthog, and 1985 Snake Eyes. That's three apiece. That's three each. That's, I think, uh, I, I hope we can agree, um, returns Lady J back into my collection. Well, David, you're back. Babe. Well, because Paul didn't take up that bet, uh, unfortunately, we reached it. No. But, 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 but after we my heartwarming story, after my, after my heartwarming story about how important she is in my collection <laughs> and the fact that she is in my top five, you're still going to take her away from me? That's ice cold. Ice, <laughs> she's, she's like ice cold. she's like first vagina. I mean, if Duke is first shirt, Lady yeah. J is like first vagina. I lost my virginity to Lady J. Oh, you're gonna wow. take that away from me. He's eBay. I don't genity. mind sloppy seconds. <laughs> <laughs> it was all for one and all, and one for all. Not, but Paul didn't go all in, so there, there's no winning or losing tonight. Oh, well. There's very, there's very few things I go all in with. Anyway, <laughs> this Some, this battle will continue in a future Some, episode. Yes, GI Joe bugs. Oh. Can I throw out some notable mentions? Oh God, yes, I please. Would. I have a Paul, few. Well, actually, does it? But guys, guys, come on. Definitely. Okay, Be my notable mentions. Oh. No, notable mentions. And weirdly enough, they're also ones that you guys got right. <laughs> My Hot Toys Zartan, definitely in my in my top ten. Thought so. It, so that isn't a tiny Joe, so he's not as playable, but he's definitely awesome. You both got that. If I put him in the top five, it would be you would have known all my top five. <laughs> <laughs> the Cobra Rage, one of my favorite vehicles. I love mm-hmm. the look of that thing, and it just it just suggests like violence. It's properly nice. badass. Exactly. Agreed. Sky Striker, brilliant vehicle, like the original aircraft. I have two versions of it, modern and vintage. What, what can you say about it? You can't. The, vi- the vintage is parachutes. That's cool. Listen, the way Steve carries on about the Sky Striker, I'm actually surprised it wasn't on his list. Me too. If he, <laughs> if he were to do notable mentions, that would be one of them. And my other, my last, last two, or kind of three, Chuckles, definitely. <laughs> He's freaking <Yeah>. awesome. <laughs> and, Cheered Paul out of a point there. <laughs> well, he was in the top ten. Mm-hmm. If we, if this was a top ten list, he, this extra points for him. And then yeah, modern and vintage sci-fi. Oh yeah. Oh. Both of them. Both of them are just. I don't know. Something about that that Luma Green just draws my eye. Dude, it was my first Joe, man. I totally understand. <laughs> Bam! Those are my notables. Paul? Okay, brace yourselves. First one's not going to surprise you. 
The reason this isn't in my top five is because this would have been my top five. My entire Tiger Force collection. Okay, that's why yes. I couldn't put it in my list. Firstly, I haven't bought any of my Tiger Force. Okay, my Tiger Force vehicles are all compliments of you guys. Okay? Yeah. So, like, my Tiger Force is my G.I. Joburg Force. Okay? So, there you go. Okay, that's the first thing. I mean, and I mean, like, that is something I know that one day in 10 years' time we're going to be able to talk about as one of the cool things that we have in our collections. Or well, that uh, one of the coolest things I have in my collection is my Tiger Force collection. The G.I. Joe game by Taxan. Steve mentioned toys when he mentioned the topic. And technically, video games in the 80s were considered toys. And I just couldn't, I wanted to put it on the list. And I thought, no, I'm not going to, because it's just going to fuck you guys over. And it's not a good way to play this game. But that, it is such an integral part of my G.I. Joe love. And uh, it's on my notable mentions list. Sideshow, Viper, Sideshow, Rock and Roll, Sideshow, Beachhead, and Sideshow, Red Ninja. My premier, uh, my premier uh, edition Storm Shadow statue, 25th anniversary Tunnel Rat, 25th anniversary Snake Eyes from Pursuit of Cobra, Ultimate Storm Shadow from last year because he's amazing, 25th anniversary Zartan because he's freaking fantastic, Shipwreck and the Night Raven, booyah! <laughs> <laughs> this is what I had to contend with, and there's even more. <laughs> I had to stop myself. There's a whole slew of vintage figures I can put on here. Lifeline. Yeah. Version 2 Stalker, freaking rock and roll. There's so much I could have put on that list. It just, this killed me. This was so difficult for me to do, actually. Now I know why Steven didn't want to do notable mentions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like everything I've bought in the last couple of years. Yeah, that's, 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 that's my corner of G.I. Joe collecting. And, and that's, you know, I'm going to run out of the burning building with all of that. Dude, I've got it. It's it's set up for burning building escape plan on this list. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, at least Rob knows that two on his list will be coming out the door with me. Awesome. That's yeah. good. Because, yeah. Excellent. My Lady J and my Snake Eyes. Piss off. Shockwave. <laughs> Are my Shockwaves... Is my, I have my Shockwave. Oh, of course, yes. With all accessories, silver knife, et al. <laughs> Very good. Safe. Yeah, and don't forget that, my Lady J. Um, interesting to note that um, we mixed it up a little bit more than our, our friends online, uh, who typically listed vehicles over and above figures. And yes, typically the vehicles do trump the figures. But at the end of the True. day, what are you ultimately playing with? Who is the, the lowest common denominator of playtime? It's Who are you putting in those vehicles? It's the solitary soldier. And who is the most solitary of all soldiers? Snake eyes. Bingo. So, who do you put in your pocket when you're sitting in a long flight? You know what I mean? Snake eyes. Yes. Once again, we have reaffirmed exactly how much we are sheep. <laughs> Although... I, I must say, in, in recent and this year specifically, seeing as I've actually got my own one and I actually understand the magic behind this figure, hit and run. Wow. He was going to make his way onto my list, but uh, I have a few nitpicks, sadly, that knock, knock him down a few pairs. Yeah, all that green green skin. Something Weird. I something I was going to mention. Uh, he doesn't fit as snugly on a tomahawk back plug. That's uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Although I'm not. Anyway, uh, continue. Uh, 
like I had a few um, guesses. Um, I mean, obviously, aside from my top five guesses, things that went in my head uh, for Steven, for example, Countdown. I was kind of expecting to see Countdown on your list. Destro. A version 2 Stalker, as Rob also mentioned. The Night Viper was also something I was expecting to see on your list as well. The 25th anniversary retooled vamp, so to speak. And the Mobat. For some reason, I just felt that those might have crept onto your list somewhere along the line. And obviously, uh, Zartan as well, version 1 Zartan, but we mentioned that earlier as well. Hey, Paulie, if I was to nominate the next five down, I'm afraid none of those would be on it. Uh. So you guys just don't know me well enough, do you? Yeah. I mean, you both both got the Tomahawk rights, but... uh... I yeah, but that, but but you see, the thing is, in in previous episodes, you've also sometimes mentioned that you've liked the dragonfly. Uh, there have been times when you've nominated the dragonfly over and above the tomahawk, and uh, your own three. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, I no. own two tomahawks, which means that in terms of like rotor blade count, the tomahawks <laughs> totally take it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I just have to put that out there. But then again, one tomahawk totally takes it if you count individual blades. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure. Rob as well, I, I wasn't expecting Shockwave at all. I don't often mention him, I think. Mm. Is it and, Stevens? Uh, yeah, so just... Um, I, and the Cobra Rage is nice to hear. And then also just to, to say something about something uh, that we've mentioned earlier. I am not jaded and I do not hate the rock. In fact, I really still love the the rock. I think it's a great toy, but it is something I've sort of um, cooled I, off I, to. I've cooled off to it uh, just because of its price, and I've also kind of accepted that I'll never get one. And I also know that if I had to choose between a rock and a whale, I'd choose a whale. And if I had to choose between a rock and an MCC, I'd choose an MCC. You know what I mean? And you have to so. choose between a rock and a hard place. <laughs> <laughs> I'll choose the rock. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> you know, but uh, it's just one of those vehicles that I did pine for, but the prices on it have skyrocketed to levels that uh, just don't make it worth it anymore. In fact, it gets so close to being—I've seen rocks for prices that are, that are close on Terradrome prices that I'm actually like, well, for that extra hundred dollars or two hundred dollars, I might as well just get a Terradrome. You know, that kind of thing. What did it cost us, Rob? Fifty bucks. 45 yeah, bucks. Probably something like that. Mm. We got them as they came out, basically. Yeah. It's always nice when you do that. I mean, my clutch uh, from the modern era, uh, four by Vamp 4x4, for example, just the clutch by himself uh, is about $60. Um, oh. That's more than the vehicle. Guys are selling the vehicle by itself for anything between $35 and $45 without the driver, obviously. So it shows you, like, Pricing and, and, and collectability on these figures is quite hectic <laughs> sometimes. And, you, you know, trends are weird to predict with the G.I. Joe line. Right now, it's a buyer's market is what I'm saying. <laughs> You're losing me, man. I ain't no toy economist, and I never will be. I'm going to be buried with my toy collection, let me tell you. Uh, I am too. I'm not, I don't ever intend on selling my collection. But that um, is a topic for another night. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been G.I. Joeberg. We've had a lot of fun. Hopefully you've had a lot of fun too. And we'd like to hear from you. If you didn't make the cut uh, with your suggestions and favorites before the episode went out, please, let's continue the debate on Twitter, on Facebook. We'd love to hear from you, as I say. So give us your top five picks. 
Tell us what you think of our top five picks. Let's chat. Citizens of the world, check out our G.I. Joburg Facebook page for interesting tidbits from the show and more. Do it. Talk to us. <laughs> Come we on. love all of you. <laughs> I've started a mini project for G.I. Joburg. I'm doing uh, trading card style artworks of the characters. Uh, you guys can expect to see Storm Shadow on Friday. He's already done. And uh, next week is anyone's guess. But uh, he's also known as the Jungle Cat. So let's see what happens there. The idea here, guys, is that you can obviously download the artworks and use them as wallpapers on your phones. And if you guys are interested in exclusive prints, uh, we'll find out if the, the demand is high enough. Just something cool that G.I. Joburg's trying to do for you, other than, you know, share our experiences with you. <laughs> Rad. All right. So long. Farewell. Love you to send it to you. Goodbye.